Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Josh Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. One Shaker Cup Podcast. After a recent podcast, Josh, in which we were talking about rebrands, I had to go out, man. I had to go out and get this new Alani New Can. Um, they have them all over our Hy-Vees now, and it's honestly, it's one of the most impressive rebrands I've seen. I think it's super attractive. Like, I gravitated towards it just based on color uses alone. And the taste isn't bad. So, I mean, cheers to you, Josh Shaw, for bringing it to my attention. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Shaw. <laughs> I, I guess I can't take all the credit. I guess uh, a lot of new guys should take most of the credit since they alerted me of all that and I got to taste them. Do you like those flavors better than um, – I guess I was going to say Bang, but I know you, you don't like I, any of their stuff. It's not that I don't like any of their stuff. It's just that I feel like some of the stuff they come out with literally does not go through a consumer panel. It just goes to the market because it's Bang and they can sell it. Yesterday I had Mimosa. This is Tropsicle. They're not bad. They're kind of, I don't know, like I'm more of like your, um, I, I don't like the fruity, fruity flavors. I'm not a fruity guy. I mean, maybe I come off to you as a fruity guy, but I don't feel like I'm a fruity guy. <laughs> no, I think, you know, obviously the target market for those uh, Lani new drinks are, are mostly towards females. What are you so trying to I say, Josh? I like yeah, it. I mean, it's just certain flavor profile, I guess, that uh, a female would like probably more than a male and works for them. We just did an episode on women, Josh, and now you're going to sit there and say only females? Pink tax? <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Anyway, this actually might be a good brand to talk about today, uh, given the topic that we're talking about. I mean, we're not really sure the direction that they're wanting to go or what the future of Alani New is, although their future is very bright as they're obviously, I think they might be. And correct me if I'm wrong. They might be like the hottest brand in GNC in terms of sales. Like them and Ghost are, are right there. Yeah, I think um, over the last, and they've only been there for maybe a little over a year at this point, um, but they have been called out in multiple earnings calls and earnings reports around just how popular that brand has been and, and mostly around just the demographic in which it brings. So there's usually around, they, they do with the, I think like the gold card or whatever it's called now, the MyGNC uh, loyalty card, they, they ha- happen to know like if you're a new customer or you know all the kind of customer information. So they pull out some of that stuff and say like, hey, this is a brand that's bringing in new customers to our door, which is the ultimate goal for any retailer is like, it's cool for them to siphon off other people's uh, sales. But if you could bring in new sales, that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, I like what they're doing. I like everything that's going on about them. But I like, I like this topic that we're talking about. Kind of like, what's the, the next big crazy thing to happen in our space? I mean, we, what's been the craziest thing to happen in our space in 2020 besides COVID shutting down a bunch of stuff? I mean, it's, um, I, I know we've talked about some of these things, but I feel like COVID has kind of overtaken a lot of the good things that have happened. I mean, we can think about crazy acquisitions that we, we did a whole podcast on that. But what's been, in your opinion, like the craziest, what's been the craziest thing in the last five years, Josh? That opens the door a little bit. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that's in our space. I think it's just the shift probably from sports nutrition to active nutrition, I think. And that's really kind of created big winners and losers um, and people that understand that there's a bigger lifestyle and how supplements are only a small fraction of that lifestyle. And you have to support all the other parts of that. And then the ones that um, are still thinking like we are the center of all the attention and we can push out this crazy marketing to say like you take this product and you're going to do, you know, amazing things. And it's just not the reality anymore. You have to really be able to support the, the whole holistic lifestyle and the brands that have been able to try to kind of position themselves towards that have done better. The ones that 
haven't are, are kind of slowly dying off. I, yeah, that's been something crazy to watch over the last few years. I still, I mean, this is, I mean, I know we talked about it, but in terms of acquisitions or whatever, because it's always something that I'm interested in, the Quest one still always stands out to me for two reasons. One, like the, the brand that acquired them, but then mostly the amount that they were acquired for. I mean, the, the B word was used, Josh. Not, not million, billion, like $1 billion. I remember when Quest Bars first came out and when they were first, like we were, we, they were online only or, or bodybuilding.com only. Then I started seeing them in gas stations and then you started seeing them at Targets and Walmarts and Simply Food acquired them for a billion fucking dollars. That's, I don't even know what a billion dollars would look like. I don't, I wish I did. I mean, I know you do, Josh, obviously, but I mean, I don't. So uh, for me, what that did is it's kind of like, I guess, signaled that, because Quest started out in sports nutrition. They kind of transcended those lines into more big CPG, and then they came out with like the pizza and the pasta and the chips and everything else that they did. But it really, I guess, set up, I think, this industry, a lot of these sports nutrition companies to think outside the box a little bit. Like, hey, we don't, maybe we're not just this. Maybe we can be all of this. And if I become all of this, maybe I'll catch the eye of, of a bigger brand out there that, that could then, you know, they would be willing to invest. Because I think for a long time, Outside of sports nutrition, not a lot of people like big CPG companies would really want to invest or acquire a company in this space just because they were unsure. Grant, I think you've talked about it before on this show. Like, in terms of an investor, there's it's a pretty lucrative opportunity sometimes to invest within the space because their return can be there. But I think from a like a General Mills or a Kellogg or something like that to look at the space and be like, is it worth acquiring that? I don't think I'm going to touch the space. I think that now starts to become maybe a conversation that they would start to look at the space a little bit more um, as long as there is are those brands that bring validity to the space. Yeah, and I think going back to my point around, you know, the active nutrition kind of moving into like food form or beverage, you then have a higher ceiling. Um, so some of these brands then get a little bit more excited about those particular targets for an acquisition where – a lot of times, if you're thinking like General Mills, like they don't know too much about the powder business. So like mm -hmm. for them to acquire somebody that has $100 million in powder business, what does that do for them? There's no synergies. There's no like, you know, there's very few companies that outside of maybe like a PepsiCo um, that owns Cytosport, owns Gatorade, you know, that has powder businesses in there that if they did go out and acquire a powders uh, business, they could have some synergies with that. Right. But you know, there's still like a ceiling that's much lower for those businesses over like, you know, a beverage or some type of food or snack or something like that, where then a General Mills or Kellogg's or anybody like that looks at it and goes, hey, this might reach 500 million or whatever, where if you look at a powders business, you're like, it might top out at 100 million and that's going to be where it's at. What other, I mean, we'll just start there in terms of acquisitions. And I want to throw it out there because I think that this, because COVID really sort of shed light on the gaming industry, right? Like the gaming industry is, Twitch is now one of like the hottest active platforms. And it has been for a while, but more so now uh, than ever. So much so that our space sprinted to that space and started to say, let's, let's, let's cross, let's, let's uh, I guess, make a bridge from sports nutrition to gaming, uh, which was created, in my opinion, by G Fuel. G Fuel kind of opened the door a long time ago, and they are sort of that number one thing. But you, you mentioned PepsiCo. Like, does PepsiCo look at G Fuel and look at Clifford Morgan and be like, hey, they have putters, but they have the number one gaming beverage out there. They've done, you know, I think G Fuel's worked with Sega, right? They, they just have a Sonic branded drink. Yeah. Um, you know, so they, they have they have validity in the gaming space, which 
you mentioned on a podcast way, 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 way long ago that you think gaming is going to be in the Olympics someday. So, like, I mean, if, if gaming is going to continue to excel, does it make sense for big beverage like Coke, like PepsiCo, to look at somebody like G Fuel and say, hey, let's, let's get them in our repertoire of products and let's pay a, we're going to pay a good amount for it because it's continuing to grow. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I think with PepsiCo having those, um, you know, Gatorades and Cytosport, they do out of the big beverage portfolios, they're, they're the only one that really has any, um, kind of interest probably in that side of the business. They are, um, kind of adjusting their Mountain Dew energy drink brands towards gaming. It's always like the Mountain Dew, um, I guess brand has always had yeah. some equity with like gamers and that's like the early gamers. I think now a lot of the, I guess, old school way of thinking like what is a gamer doesn't exist anymore. I don't think like it's For some, sure. you know, person, geeky kid in his parents' basement, like everybody likes to make fun of. That's not the case anymore. But those original people did have um, Mountain Dews that they drank a lot of Red Bulls and things like that. So there's a lot of brain equity there where PepsiCo is positioning that energy drink because they're also they have Rockstar they're distributing bang so like they're trying to figure out like where do we not cannibalize each other's business so Mountain Dew really makes sense for that so to your point do they want to go deeper into gaming maybe and if they did G Fuel might be a good name to do or even Coke or Keurig Dr. Pepper I mean there are other ones out there that could say like we don't I mean Coke has Monster and they uh, right no they have Rain right I mean Coke's is the big Rain one well, they have um, monsters. I mean, their own seventeen percent, but they don't. They don't necessarily have. I know Mountain Dew Gaming, right? Or Gamer is their thing. I don't think Coke. I, I don't. I don't frequent that part of the store enough, and I don't know. And maybe does Coke have like a gaming beverage at this point? And I know Dr yeah. Pepper Keurig doesn't. So I mean, I don't know. I find it as I find it an interesting component, in which is G Fuel is by far the number one drink still in the space, and it's going to take a lot to catch up to them. I don't know, but then, you know, with all these new putters coming out from companies that we work with, are those ever going to catch on? Are they going to be too expensive? And people still want sort of that cheaper carbonated alternative, which would be a, a G Fuel RTD. I, I don't know. I just think it's intriguing, and I think that that space, the big beverage space, has probably already looked into it, and I would love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations to figure out, like, what are the pros and cons of potentially making this acquisition? But I think G Fuel has set themselves up very nicely to be acquired um, at some point in the near future, especially with the where we see esports and gaming going. Yeah, I definitely think that that is going to be a space where people are going to look at things and, and just to kind of, um, I guess, take it in a little bit of a different direction. Because I know we, at least when I pitched this, we were talking about just kind of a lot of broad range, like kind of combinations that could kind of happen. Um, and when we're talking about like esports or whatever. And when I said about the Olympics, a lot of times people think it's just the joystick. I'm always talking like, you know, VR, AR, you know, those types of things where you're adding actually a physical element to like gameplay, not just, you know, sitting on a chair. But moving into like the activity side of things, um, interested to hear if you, you have any people you think would be interested in this, but like Peloton. We mm -hmm. talked about Peloton yep. a few times. Um, I think. When the Lululemon acquisition happened with Mir, which is another thing that we talked about a while ago, and remember when we were talking about it, we are like, what the heck is this Mir thing? That yeah. was like almost at this point, like a year and a half, half ago, and then now they're getting acquired by you know, Lululemon. And then I initially thought you know, somebody like Nike needed to make a move towards Peloton, but 
the more that I thought about it, I thought about another name maybe towards like Apple, which sounds kind of crazy, but today they just announced that they were going to come out with a kind of like more towards their health apps, um, towards like fitness trackers and things like that with Apple. And I think this moves into like where this whole connected fitness kind of world kind of moves into is like towards owning the data. Like yeah. how do you own all of that activity data? Because that's very valuable to healthcare companies, to insurance companies, you know, all these types of things. So then you, you think about these big mega companies and you think Google's trying to make a play at Fitbit. Mm -hmm. um, so then you have Apple and you're like, maybe they want to go after, you know, the, what people are saying is like the Apple of connected fitness of Peloton. I don't, you know, do they move into that towards hardware? Um, yeah, I don't know. I would. Honestly, I think that's a great idea. I mean, maybe they should pay you for that idea. I mean, between Apple and Google, one of those companies should look at Peloton seriously. Because I think, I mean, I know you, we've talked about how Peloton's been operating at a loss, but I think that they have um, a significant amount of data already from people. People who have Pelotons absolutely fucking love them. I mean, it is my fiance, there's a Peloton here at our apartment. We've talked about this. She uses it every single day now. This is coming from somebody who ran marathons um, because the interactive feature of, of being there one-on-one -on -one with a coach. And then if you do the live classes, I, I mean, versus Mirror, see, I would rather be on a bike versus Mirror. Now, Mirror got acquired for half a billion dollars. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Nobody knew who, who fucking Mirror was. I mean, unless you saw a random commercial. And, th and they had a Fifth Avenue store, and they got a half a million dollars from Lululemon. If Mir is worth half a million, what is Peloton worth? Like, I mean, I, I, I what, would imagine Peloton's got much more data. Yeah, I mean, it's probably thirty or forty billion at this point. It's probably it's, it's probably really high. I don't know what the market cap is on their stock, but like, you'd have to obviously buy out the stock, so it'd be it'd be pretty high. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, even five hundred million to me seems like a lot of money for putting something up on a wall that's a TV. It's a fucking TV that's connected, right? But like they marketed in a way in which, and also acquired data through that process that Lululemon said this is perfect for us. But you mentioned like I would have thought a data driven company would have purchased that before. A clothing company you know lululemon i mean first is a clothing company but they also have a ton of analytics and data on us as people because that's what their their store is built on sort of that community um and they've done a great job at that so that that's interesting because i didn't think about that but that actually might be like the next crazy thing to happen is like hey and, you know and i think that that to your point you brought up the point around community and i think what's happening with a lot of these connected fitness apps is that they are becoming communities they're becoming like the fitness social media apps in a sense like where you then have people you go to, you have certain crews that you can invite to do rides together. And like you have this idea where then Lululemon and, um, you know, they used to have all of those like yoga um, things and, and events. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and you couldn't do those things anymore. You didn't have that community element. All of a sudden you were just a clothing store. So right. then you think to yourself in the future, this could happen again, more than likely it's going to happen again. If you are you know, leadership person at these companies, you have to expect this was just the first of many events like this. How do we hedge against this? So if we are a community-based uh, brand, we have to create something that can continue this community when something like this happens again. So then you go out and buy Mirror. And right. I guess the good thing about Mirror is that you can also do yoga. You also can, like, it, it's not necessarily like a weight training thing. It can just be all kinds of other activities that are probably more aligned with Lululemon than, you know, somebody that would need, like Nike probably would do somebody like 
tonal, like they need something that's like weight training or something like that. They don't need necessarily just mirror. They needed something that's a little bit more, but it's just kind of one of those things around community, I think, is the biggest part of that purchase. Yeah, and I think, too, like we're on the topic of Peloton. I do know that there is a sports nutrition company and talks with Peloton currently about doing some stuff together. So, like, it's weird because we, we're kind of talking about, like, what is it, Peloton is what? Like, are they, are they a fitness company? Are they a hardware company? Are they a fitness hardware company, I guess? Like, what do you – that's how I assume you define them as more of a – I mean, they have their content, their hardware, their brick and mortar. Like, what is their – like, what is – what would you say Peloton is like if in, in, in one sentence, <laughs> the funniest thing is when I, when I wrote about their uh, IPO, they had this very long definition of who they were. And basically they, they are a little bit of everything, their content, their hardware, their proprietary software, and they're a data company. It's pretty much all of those things because um, they're not just one thing. I mean, they have to be kind of everything. Yeah. So then, you know, from, from Google or an Apple or, Garmin even like having data like like those could look at a Peloton and say okay that's attractive for this sports nutrition looks at it saying okay maybe we can put our product placement in front of them on these things I think um, you know it's an interesting dynamic that sports nutrition now is looking and we've talked about this in the past like outside the gym and outside and like how else can we you know and we'll start I think at some point like we're going to start seeing sports nutrition within gaming and games like you remember the days of whether it's NASCAR or like Tony Hawk or whatever where they'd have branded content in there like Mountain Dew would have ads within the video game like I think we'll start seeing some of that like Ghost Gamer and stuff like that could be in there um so I I I think now that we've you know in a roundabout way we've been talking about this around 17 minutes I think Peloton is the most interesting dynamic in terms of moving forward and like what how do how do people look at that company what is the evaluation of that company and like is it really worth 30 billion dollars and I mean I think I don't know I mean I don't have that check to write but it would be very interesting to, to say because I, I bet you any money Apple's been thinking about it or has had conversations with them, you know. So what about you? Like if you had $30 billion in your pocket, would you buy Peloton? If I was Apple, I mean it's such a blip in the radar for them. I mean I think they have $200 billion in cash sitting there. So like why not utilize it? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, that's that's probably the most intriguing thing to me that you brought. I didn't even think about that. So that's 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 fun to to think about that. I mean. In terms of like, you, we look and see like I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Gold's Gym just filed bankruptcy, right? And I think right. they're kind of right. like going out of business. So then, like the next crazy thing is like with COVID. I mean, what happens with some of these big box gyms? Are they just going to go by the wayside? Are they going to be acquired by something? Because again, you mentioned like super interesting healthcare companies and the data that you know they could get. Like I don't think check-ins and and stuff of that nature. But if they start doing more of the connected fitness within big box that we had mentioned on a previous episode then too, then that becomes more valuable. But I don't, but then it's like, okay, that's the, with, with gold gym, final bankruptcy and big box kind of being like going out, that just makes Peloton a mirror and companies like that more attractive to outside investment firms. So man, I don't know. Like the world's going to be weird. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Cause I like to think outside sports nutrition. Cause that's such a small bubble yeah. in terms of like overall health and, and wellness. Um, but I don't, I don't know, because I mean, we had a topic that you wanted to talk about too. At some point, we will is like life after COVID, and will we accept a new look? I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to be forced to. Yeah, I'll, I'll go one step further to blow your mind a little bit further here around like some of this data driven, and I'll bring it close to home in terms of maybe not sports nutrition, but just general vitamins, minerals, supplements, and. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I talk a lot around like personalized nutrition, which is still a very like 
nascent um, early on concept in terms of what it could be in the future. But you're not talking um, about like the DNA stuff that GNC tried to pitch, are you? Well, that's like that's like super like early. There's there's a bunch of levels to this where you start to move into things around like learning around like what is what type of food are you inputting? What is actually like when you like what's the nutrient density of that food? You know, like what's your stress levels? Like it should be able to manipulate your vitamins and food intake based around all your elements outside and in, in inside your body. So basically like you become like in a way like a superhuman, I guess in a, in a, in a sense, it should eradicate like most diet based um, diseases. But the thinking about data and you think about like one of the, I guess businesses that are probably the most furthest along is this company called Persona, um, and Persona is owned by Nestle Health, um, just a part of Nestle, bigger, obviously multi-billion-dollar corporation. Uh, but you need a bunch of like interlinked things. So in the idea of like creating a fitness tracker, like going out and buying, um, you know, obviously Fitbit's gone, but like a Whoop or something like that, where you have some type of tracking, because you need to have like what more the fuck data is Whoop? So that Whoop is. <laughs> It's like it's kind of like those like bands, like the um, like the Fitbit bands or whatever it is. But Am I a, just living under a, a rock? How long has this been around? It's, um, it's been around for a little bit of time. Not, I mean, probably two, three years. But it has about a hundred million dollars it raised. The name like, is Whoop. Yeah, Whoop. Yeah. W H O P. W H O O P. Yeah. Jesus Whoop. All right. <laughs> All right, go on. You need you need to get on the uh, you need to get on the fitness tech world, man. I just <laughs> there's so much crazy stuff going on there. But um, for the record, Whoop has been around like since Dan 2011, Josh. Ten years, oh. and I knew nothing about it. They need to there do a better go. job of marketing their company. I feel like I haven't, I haven't seen them since the last couple of years. I've seen them pop up, so it took them a while. They probably were working on just the tech side for the longest sure. time. But um, a lot of this stuff started to come around because of like um, some of the like uh, COVID stuff too, like with the uh, tracing. Um, you know, like those types of things could trace like your activity or where you're at, and you know, a bunch of those things. But the the need for like a, like supplement brands to become personalized, you need to have more data through the system. So you need to understand what is that person's activity, what's their sleep levels, what's their, you know, whatever it is. Like, so if somebody's wearing a, a device, a wearable, then you have access to that. So it's a matter of like, maybe one of these brands go further in that direction to become a lot more personalized because they need to own more of the data. Because mm -hmm. eventually this becomes like, if you want to be a fully integrated way, you also own you know, Nestle owns them. So like Nestle would then have the ability to create um, personalized food to that person's needs. Like think about like every week you get stuff shipped to you based around what's your behavioral patterns right. of like stress levels each day, you know, whatever. And that's kind of like down the road craziness around like even supplements. Like we shouldn't have to think like, should I take this? Nobody should be asking the question like, oh, is this good for me? There should be something that tells you this is what you need. Like, right. you know, to be based around your specific body type. Not you, you make a lot of points around on your social media where you're like, just because I like it or I, it works for me does not mean that you should take it or it should work for you. Right. That's the problem nowadays. People are looking for like, oh, what does this person think I should take? It's like that person has no idea any attribute what's going on in your body that doesn't even make any sense that somebody would ask another person hey should i take this product like yeah. that doesn't even make any sense to me like, so like you're, this not, gonna, you're not gonna go to a doctor and be prescribed a medication without them finding out if you need that fucking medication right yeah like they're gonna pull blood they're gonna pull this we're gonna pull, like they're gonna do all those things before they start to give you some like crazy things where it's like today for i mean supplements are obviously way different than than prescriptions but like you think about that and you think 
Like somebody's asking some random human that knows nothing about them, what should I take? It's like, huh, okay. Like doesn't make any sense to me. So this is kind of the answer to all that in the future. My mind is spinning when you're talking about that because all I can think about is Amazon. It's like, does Amazon acquire a company in which you get all this metrics and analytics on terms of like their sleep, their activity levels, because then if that person has an Amazon account, they have a personalized Amazon page saying like, hey, we noticed you haven't been getting much sleep at night. Here's a page of sleep aids. Here is a new pillow. Here is a new blanket that costs $300, but I guarantee it'll help you get deeper sleep. Like that seems like a no fucking brainer. I mean, at that point, especially like a, a platform like Amazon or Alibaba or whatever that have all these different products that literally can do absolutely. I mean, Amazon has a product for absolutely everything in the world. Everything in the world, whatever your ailment is, whatever your need is, whatever your want is, there's something on Amazon for that. So the more information I feel like Amazon can have about you as a person, and granted, they already have, you know, Alexa. Every time you ask Alexa a question, it logs that data, and they say, okay, you were, you were inquiring about this. Every time, you know, Josh Even sneezes in his house. Say her name. Even What's when that? you don't say her name, she's logging every single thing you're saying. Oh yeah, and we've talked about our phones <laughs> listening to us. Also, next you know you're on Facebook, and there's an ad for. Flights Southwest Airlines taking you to Atlanta, Georgia, because you were talking about you were talking about you know freaking um, the Rock's new bodybuilding show like that. I mean, that's the world that we live in. So I think brands who need you know it'd be interesting because like a, a Redcon or Glombia or these big brands like can they a afford the data and are they articulated enough or advanced enough to be able to use that data? Because like I don't know. I mean, the, the supplement companies that I know that we work with. No way they're going to be able to take this data and, and try to figure out how to use it with their their website, which is either dated or whatever. But I do know that brands like you know Red Conference, since they have a very advanced technological background in terms of like behind the scenes that they do, but even they're not on the level of an Amazon or Google or um, you know an Apple or whatever. So that would be that would make the most sense to me in terms of one of these brands in which commerce is maybe their main platform to acquire something within our space that gives us all that information or gives them all that information. Cause especially with health and fitness, like margins on that are very lucrative. If it's Amazon, they're making three bucks to how many dollars per transaction. Anyway, if they can increase that throughput through acquiring data, at, um, I don't know, whatever the investment's going to cost, it, it seems like it'd be so, and maybe they've already acquired the company. You know, you're, you're deep in all the New York times and wall street journals. So like, uh, I mean, maybe they've like, I, I know there's this, there's a, see, I don't know whoop, but I know there's a wedding ring that people wear now that, you know, inside the ring, it tracks your sleep and it tracks all the other stuff too. Again, wearables. That's like the, I think wearable is still a, a very, very key term, um, with data driven stuff because like it's pretty damn accurate. I mean, they can tell, oxygen levels and yeah. uh, at some point i know when i was at the hearing company uh, they were trying to design a hearing aid that could tell your blood glucose levels like is, is everything that they you possibly could get they would get from the ear because it's a place um uh, it's an easy access point so like it's crazy for those listening and watching like the amount of data that these companies have that when you put something on your wrist you put something in your ear uh, you get the apple watch like you are giving them everything about you more so like Josh, you can you could sit down and have a speed date with somebody and tell them a bunch of information in sixty in, in say five minutes, right? Within ten seconds, a company has more information than you just spewed out in five minutes on a speed date because of that little gadget that you wore. Yeah, I mean, you think about just nowadays all that everything's run on that. I mean, it's Facebook knows more about you than any person in the world. You know what I mean? You, especially uh, you and I are somebody that's been on the platform for fifteen years. It's like they know. They know everything. It's kind of it's kind of crazy that you kind of get to that level 
of everything. Um, you did mention a name, um, Redcon, and I was thinking about more like an analog, um, where, you know, go away from the data thing and just think like um, blocking and tackling here and like, would they acquire um, a brand? Like, could they, you know, move past just Redcon and go towards something else? And um, a name, a fun name I thought about was like BSN because uh, Eric Hart is an ex Glambia. This is baby. Um, so I think he would love to, like from a legacy standpoint, I think anybody that's worked at a certain company or work, you know, be it consultant or whatever, then um, they uh, fall from where they were. You look at it and go, if I can bring this back up to where it's at, this is, this is such a big legacy play for me. So it was one of those things where it, maybe it doesn't make sense because they'd have to go out and raise capital. And I know right now they, they, they're kind of against that. And um, then it would be the idea of like, how do you differentiate that away from Redcon? Because it is like, kind of very similar if you think about who uh, BSN should be it's kind of similar so it's like does it make sense but it's just one of those things I was thinking it might be an interesting name uh, if they were ever to go acquire something because I'm sure Eric uh, would love the opportunity to kind of remake that yeah uh, that was his first baby and now he's got his new baby in red cat it'd be interesting it'd be cool um, to see something like that happen it, you know uh, it's, it's, we've been talking for 29 minutes already. It seems like it was just like five minutes, but how quickly it went, but it's, it's intriguing. It's exciting to see potentially where our space or the broader health and wellness space could be and transcend into. If you, if you guys like what you heard and you like what you saw, hit that subscribe button, whether it be on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, we are on social media platforms as well at two guys, one shaker cup at Jay Shaw consulting. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.